Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. Today I have with me James Han, also known as Uzu Han. I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, already know who that is. He's a very gifted rapper and a lot of uh, content out there on Spotify, all over the place. But I got him to, yeah, just chat with me about the intersection of three cultures that he kind of navigates all the time. Um, he is a rapper, an Asian American, and also a Christian. And a lot of times those cultures come at odds. So, yeah, we just talk about how he navigates those three things. And it's a really interesting conversation. So, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Well, Uzu Han, uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for coming. Um, and for people who are um, watching the, the video, we're in a new space. Um, shout outs to Space Crew. They have a really dope really like professional recording studio they have even like a live on air sign um so oh, that, I just noticed that. yeah so people know not to bother us um but yeah uh james thank you so much for being here again um and you know I, I before we get started i have to mention this this is this episode is kind of a momentous occasion for me as okay. not only as a not for the podcast, but just personally, I think it shows a lot of growth because you are the first guest that I didn't like if I every single one of my previous guests, I either knew personally or um, I got some sort of like referral as in like right. someone talked to that person for me to say, hey, like I have a friend who does a podcast, but yeah. you're the first person that I um, I'm just really introverted. Okay. So you're the first person I actually like kind of reached out to. Oh, cool. Like yeah. Cold call almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. So, um, hold on. Sorry. Oh, is it a little too crazy? No, your level was too low. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Okay, now. Cool, that should be okay. Yeah. I mean, you could probably edit it later. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. If yeah. We could start it over. We could do it over if you no, want. No, no, no. I think, I think it's good. Um, <laughs> okay. Cause now we'll we'll get uh to hear your voice way more than mine now so okay um yeah just can you just kind of briefly uh introduce yourself and who you are what you do okay uh well i am uzu han i am also known as james han that's my government name i am a uh i work doing it support full-time i'm also a musician i'm also a video producer I am. Uh -huh. I do a lot of stuff. Hmm. So um, I, I'm not exactly sure who the audience is, but I go with like that full time job first because lately I've been really into talking about having a music career hmm. while balancing a day job. Yeah, and and I love it because I, I saw um, your new song that's about to be mm -hmm. about to be released. STA was it, was it same things? Same things anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's just an acronym because typing same things anymore is too. Long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Um, so is that kind of what you talk about in that song, balancing? Uh, kind of. That's like one part of it. Um, I think that's one of the bigger points of the song. Mm -hmm. It's like what I used to be was I, I used to be ashamed and afraid that people wouldn't take me seriously mm -hmm. if I was like, oh, you know, I do music like kind of part time. Yeah. Realistically, you know, right. like when I go do tours, like I have to take off work, you know, but mm -hmm. I feel like. I have to put on this image that I'm all in. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you wouldn't be all into my music. Right. But right. even that expectation is kind of silly when right. I like say it like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, no, that's so interesting because 
the kind of the success stories that we hear yeah. are, are of people who kind of risk went, it all. Yeah, go all in. But that seemed that always seems so unrealistic to me. Like I don't understand mm-hmm. how someone can say, "I'm just gonna do this, and it's life or death." Like I'm either gonna yeah. succeed or I'm gonna end up、uh, a homeless person. You know, like yeah, like what a crazy proposition. It is. It is. I mean, I just don't like. I'm fine if people live that way,、uh-huh. but I just didn't like that it was kind of like seen as a standard.、Mm. That was my problem.、Mm-hmm. That、mm-hmm. if you don't do this, you're not doing it right. Right. And that I always thought was kind of funny, and I never really could unpack what that meant for me、mm-hmm. until do you, now. Do you know of people who? So, well, first let me ask you: What, in your definition, would be like making it in your like, industry? Uh man, I think I I wrestle with that phrase all the time.、Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it's changing all the time.、Mm-hmm. Um, but currently, I think for me, making it making it would be、um, being able to create the thing you want to at the quality you want to,、mm-hmm. um, at the speed you want to, and having the impact that you want. <laughs>、mm-hmm. I see. I see. Or, or you know, like because. When you, I'm not even really that big, but you know, there are certain, I guess, artists. There's a certain, I guess, stage in the career where you can kind of expect a certain output, you、mm-hmm. know, or, or you can really strive to see certain big dreams happen.、Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I feel I、like、would be making it if you have, I guess, the ability to pay for things, you know, ability to like get it to, I don't know, a certain. Even a number, I right, don't know.、Like、income even, wise, even hitting your goal,、uh-huh. I think that's making it. Like,、right. I think that's great. I、yeah. mean, yeah, your goal might not be crazy, but I don't know. You get to create. So many people are afraid to not to even create. Right.、You、I、know? mean, some people would say that you've already made it. I mean, not、mm-hmm. only because you have. I mean, you have a very large following. I feel like you're being humble when you say you don't have. <laughs> yeah,、uh, I, but I, suppose,、yeah. I mean, even like the.、Um, I think I mentioned this before we started recording. Your your song never change,、mm-hmm. like the like viral <laughs> sensation that it was. That's、yeah. kind of like making it in and of itself. That was it? crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. That like that was the thing that got us on the scene. So it's interesting because that that video got like what one point five million views like back in two thousand nine, and that was really cool. But that was the beginning for us. So. You know, I mean, looking back now, we could be like, yeah, that was like making some big splash.、Yeah. But for us, in real time, when we we're experiencing, we we're like, oh, there's more to be discovered.、Mm-hmm. You know, so that was the baseline, and in some ways, it like probably made us sometimes feel like, oh, are we not doing enough, or、mm-hmm. can we live up to you know that one piece of legacy? Right. You know,、um, I don't think that way anymore, but I definitely did when I was younger. Yeah. No, because I, I can only imagine like the mental effect that it would have had、yeah. on someone. Because like in terms of music, were you making a lot of music before that?、Like, uh, prior to Never Change,、mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Right, so it was kind of、yeah, like, like your first song, like your first at bat, and it's like、mm-hmm. grand slam, right? Yeah. And so like having to live up to that, and I didn't know anything about the music industry、mm-hmm. or the business of music.、Mm-hmm. I knew nothing. Yeah, I was just at that point. I was sold the pipe dream,、hmm. and I was smoking away. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, right, how, right. Do I, how do I,、uh, you know, keep、yeah. that imagery going? But yeah, yeah. you、gotcha. know, that's where I was, young, nineteen-year-old, like 
thinking that meritocracy could carry me through the music industry. Mm-hmm. You know, if I build it, they'll come. Yeah. Even though I'm very different, I look different. You know, there are so many things that in the business of music, I didn't really understand. I didn't understand the mar- what the market was like. Right. I didn't really understand what my position in society at large, you know, was or was going to be. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff I didn't know. So it was really pure love for music. Yeah. That was really the only thing. Yeah. And at this point, I want to say, um, if you guys want to get James's kind of full story of like from Never Change till now, um, I feel like you did a really good job on the When I Grow Up podcast <laughs> yeah. with Blair. Yeah. Um, so definitely go listen to that. Um, but what I wanted to talk to you about um, is kind of what you talked about just now, um, like people like expect you to look a different way people expect you to even rap about different things Mm -hmm. and what's so interesting to me is in what you do with music there is a intersection of three very different cultures Mm -hmm. one being Mm hip-hop one being christianity yeah and one being asian yeah and um i you nailed it yeah it's and you you mention it a lot in blair's podcast even like not like explicitly in those terms Mm -hmm. but you say things like oh you know like like it just you, you talk about struggling with how like your Asian culture sometimes mm-hmm. gets in the way of like how you want to chase your dreams and, and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was so fascinating that you're constantly mm-hmm. having to juggle that. So yeah, yeah. And to start off that conversation, I, I want to ask you about an interaction that you had online on your social media. Yes. Um, I I just read it and it was like so interesting to me. It was you threw up like a like a 30 second clip of you like like rapping to mm-hmm. to a beat or something yeah and, and you said like a curse word right <laughs> quote unquote and then someone was like but why are you cursing though and then like to me it's like well like why is that so bad and so like how, how did you feel like when you when you got that comment mm-hmm. excuse me the no water. no worries please, yeah, please. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they know it's water um, <laughs> i think for me i like what it means to be a we'll segment it into three tribes i suppose okay Mm -hmm. if you are making music for the christian tribe there are rules and boundaries i'm very aware Mm -hmm. and i mean i live with principles and boundaries myself informed by my faith my identity things i've learned okay there's i I live with all those and for a long time which a lot of people know me as i've lived within that tribe doing amp right and it's not like you know and i'm also i'm 31 now you know i'm just grown man yeah you know and for me like i wanted to i just felt it was within my i felt very at peace with my decision you know because i you know i speak a certain way and it may not be the best Mm. may not be the worst Mm -hmm. you know i just I guess, how am I trying to say it? I didn't really feel that bad about it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I felt at peace with it, you yeah. know? And it's like, yeah, I was, I guess I'm, I'm always trying to explore like different parts of my human- humanity and like um, different things I feel at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it fit. And I also, um, I feel like I don't really fit in with the that Christian tribe. Mm. I'm not, and that's hard for people to understand if you have never tried to shape your brand image, likeness, appearance, and try to like market it to the world. Right. Because you notice 
when you are an artist or, or an entrepreneur or putting a product out to the world, you become an anthropologist, you study the behavior of human behavior hmm. patterns, and you start to notice how the Christian tribe, you know, certain parts of it start to operate, you know, they start to, I'll, I'll use Lecrae as a great example. He was exploring his identity as a black man in America. You know, if we if one of our friends were like, yeah, I just feel like, you know, I want to learn more about this, blah, 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 we'd be all for it. But I noticed a lot of his audience who are very Christian, you know, expect him to be perfect and almost dehumanize him. Yeah. They flogged him for just expressing, you know, right, and right. he's not cursing, you know, like. Uh, so I say all that because I discovered, oh, in the Christian tribe, like. I was very different, even when I lived within the means, you know, even when I lived within the boundaries, right. you know, and I feel like I was not part of that tribe or accepted. And and even this whole idea of being accepted by a tribe, I that's like an old sentiment now from for the version of James you see now. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just what my thinking was, you know, mm -hmm. and and now, you know, even the video of me like cursing, I'm just like, eh, you know, like, am I going to curse in every song? No. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do however I, f I <laughs> however I feel yeah. my, I'm going to use my discernment yeah. and you know, this is, I'm trying to convey something, Yeah. you know, there's a certain message and if the cursing does get in the way, um, if that's the thing that gets in the way of hearing the message, uh, wow. I mean, I, that's interesting because I feel like there would be things in the message that would actually deter you, you know, like mm. just the language you use is like very uh what's the word like if that's the thing that bothers you i don't think you can handle what's coming right right it's a lot of really like when you deal about when you talk about identity justice self-acceptance faith you know like when you talk about these things it doesn't it's not pretty it's not neatly bowed it's actually it gets very ugly mm -hmm. you know no one goes to god and they're just speaking pretty language no yeah. most people are gonna go to God and they're like, I'm effing angry at you. Like, yeah. why the, why did you do this to my family? You know, why did this happen? Nobody goes like, oh, great, out, great, <laughs> right. thou hallowed, you know, be thine. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, Lord's Prayer, but and I'm just saying, King it's, James, like, language, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's chill. If you talk like that regularly, <laughs> no problem. Right. But most people, you know, and I just feel like that was, I'm all about authenticity, mm -hmm. and for me, um, that's pretty important. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how else to really explain it. I just the when someone gets me about the language part, I I accept it and I'm very open to critique, conversation mm -hmm. and and hearing another perspective. I'm very open to it. But when someone wants to um, push their agenda on me, I without considering me, I, I don't really appreciate that because I will take time to consider almost anybody. Yeah. If they come to me with a open heart yeah you know and compassion too yeah so. no that's i think that's you really hit it on the you hit the nail on the head because it is about consideration i think and when you see someone especially at your stature in terms of influence mm -hmm. um and numbers and all that kind of stuff i think it's so easy to just be like oh he's just an entity that's in my screen and not really a human being Right. You know what I mean? So then they'll just be like, well, you're, no, no, you're supposed to fit into what I expect of you. You're not supposed to like right. have your complex. own thoughts. Right. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. It doesn't work. It, yeah. 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 So no, yeah. Cause yeah, I thought that was, I mean, 
I get it. I get when a Christian person listens to someone who they like expect to be a Christian artist. Like mm-hmm. you, like you were saying, there are like parameters within our faith of mm-hmm. like things that are acceptable and things that are not. So I'm not like trying to knock on the the guy for like asking that question. Oh yeah, it's a valid question. Yeah, but yeah. but I, I yeah, I just wanted to get your take on that, and I think yeah, it's I think it kind of boils down to you're a complex human being, um, yeah. and you know. Christianity, as much as it has been shaped to look like this really pristine, pretty thing to the outside world, mm-hmm. like there's, it's, it's really messy, you know. Mm-hmm. There's like I'm reading through um, like Genesis right now, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm at the part where like Lot and his two daughters go to the mountains, and the daughters are like, "We need to have sons, so let's get our father drunk and like right. sort of like there's like yeah, there's like a lot wild. of just like really <laughs> wild and really like dumb things that humans have done um and it's like the message is like you know god's gonna cover all that but um to say that the semantics of it is gonna get in the way of you hearing the message i I think you're right it's it's yeah i i think also i I just don't like how um people want to just sanitize everything Mm -hmm. just kind of pour bleach on everything and Mm -hmm. just say oh that's that's what christianity should be like i'm not very interested in making Christianity or my faith journey with God like sanitized. Mm -hmm. I think that is actually a true injustice and Mm. the exodus of people from the church is proof. Mm. The proof is clearly in the pudding. You Mm. can see it, you know, I'm sure you've talked, you've talked about it a lot, you know, on this podcast and with friends, like there's, there's a reason why people are leaving Mm -hmm. the centralized church that has tried to program faith to look especially with open hand issues right? to make it look a certain way. And it's like for you to like try to categorize and, and bottleneck the essence of the human spirit into like one shade mm-hmm. of thing, you're, you're going to lose that battle that, yeah. you know, that's like corporate, that's corporate America at its best. That's yeah. capitalism at its best. I'm not trying to make any statements. I'm just saying what it is, yeah. you know? Uh, I like making money. Yeah. So, I mean, because, um, and the reason why that particular interaction um, kind of caught my eye is because like two episodes ago, I had a friend on Andy Shin. You, you know, academics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Andy. Yeah, yeah. So he was on and he was like, can I curse? And from the, from the start, I was like, yeah, sure, go for it. But then like afterwards, I ended up like, I didn't bleep it. I just like, put the decibel down whenever he did curse just yeah, to kind of yeah, like yeah, take yeah. it out. But like, I, I don't know if that takes away from kind of the sincerity of what he was talking about or mm. like, I still don't know the answer to that. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was okay to do that or if I should have left it in to keep it genuine or. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's a tough battle. <laughs> I mean, it brings, I don't know. I just noticed it brings a certain kind of people that I, that are willing to listen to me. Mm. I've just noticed, I mean, I'm not making a, I don't want to make a judgment call, but the people who are really, really like against me, um, well, I, I don't know. There's the parent parental perspective. People mm. are like, I don't want my kids cursing. I was mm. like, okay, I, I get it. Cause it doesn't, you can't socialize your kids to get to curse because in their current settings, it won't flow because everyone's not in agreement with that. Right, right. You know, as an adult, it kind of is okay, you yeah. know. But as a kid, if, you know, kids like, yo, F you, like, yeah. <laughs> the whole time, the teacher's not going to be, you know, it's not going to work well for them in that setting. Right. 
but you have that, you know, um, but I've just, I know what it's like to be a pious Christian. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what it's like. Mm-hmm. And I just reflecting back on my posture and how I viewed other humans, mm-hmm. other people, when I was caught up on just semantics, yeah. a lot of times, like, it was just my easy way to box them into like, oh, they are, I, I will judge them, fold them into a neat little package in my mind and cast them aside. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I thought they are this person. You know, because maybe I was trying to, I, I was mentally a little lazy, maybe, mm-hmm. or I didn't know how to process complex human beings because I thought God wanted me to be sanitized, mm-hmm. you know, live with pretty tied up bows everywhere I go, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, I just, I just know the people that are coming, you know, who don't mind that particular thing mm-hmm. are probably maybe open to other stuff that, you know, require a lot of self-reflection and Hmm. and honesty and i don't know i that's my audience i think and and i've just figured that out for myself right because that is authentic to who i am yeah you know so yeah yeah and and like my personal just to kind of get it out there my personal philosophy on cursing is i'm not opposed to cursing it's just for me i don't curse unless the situation demands it yeah. I feel like there's real power in words. I mean, hence mm-hmm. why I do a podcast. Yeah. Right? And so like if I can evoke, if I need to evoke strong emotional yeah. response, then I'll throw in a curse word to like convey this is the level of, of, of uh, severity of the situation or, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And like, I think that's okay, right? And I I think so. But <laughs> I mean, I, you don't have to live with my approval. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but okay, yeah. So, th- thanks for that. And in that, because um, like like we were talking about the intersection of those three cultures, like in hip hop, like these days it's hard to hear like a rap song on the like I don't know on the top ten charts or whatever that don't use curse words, right? So I feel Fair. like to a certain level, it's kind of like ingrained within that culture. Yeah. So how do you kind of navigate that as a as a Christian who obviously like in your music you don't really curse. Yeah. Like no, I don't I, I don't, don't think I've heard a single in any of your Spotify songs there's no curse word. Oh, that just I've heard just of. oh yeah, well, just one. There's one? Yeah, which, yeah, which, yeah. Which one? It was uh it was for Ashes. Oh. Yeah, I say sh- Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But I, I, really I, like I kind of say it like I kind of say it abbreviated though. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, I see. but I do kind of what make what's the difference between sh and then the other word, right. it's the T. Right, I just right. I, I just focused on the T a little more. <laughs> right. I, I did like a T, you know? That's it. That's uh-huh. and then but that's considered a curse word, so mm-hmm. got flagged and whatever. Really? No, no. I fl- I knew it would be flagged. So then you for like radio it. edits and stuff like that, mm-hmm. for like my sync licensing and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They want clean versions as well. And it's just easier. I think like because you have to make the explicit and the clean version. And I, I think it's annoying having to master two tracks. Mm. It's more work. So mm. I'd rather just keep it all clean. And it allows me to be more creative. That was ultimately like why um, I just didn't curse because it was a creative boundary I created for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, like I didn't, f- I just want to see how much could I evoke without cursing, mm. you know? And yeah. and there are, you can, I think there are some limitations. I, I, I really do think, you know, but... I'm okay with it. I don't know. Like one of the songs I have coming out like next month, like I did curse, but I censored myself mm, mm. because I didn't want to make an explicit version. 
Right. So, uh, yeah, I just. Oh, I see. Because I, I know um, in that. So you were talking about Ashes. Is Ashes in Uncanny? Is that in no, the, no, no, no. Oh. It's just a single. I've been okay. dropping a lot of singles. Yeah. Because in in your Uncanny album, the first song with the lyrics. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Tom Hanks, uh, really catchy song, guys. If you haven't heard it, <laughs> listen to it. But um, I mean, lyrics is a he's like a. I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about these kind of labels, but I wouldn't call him like a Christian rapper, anything like that, right? Like I don't know. Yeah, his I think he's thing. Christian who right. who raps. Right, right. However he wants. <laughs> but I mean, in his in his music though, he he curses, and I yeah. I think there is a verse that he did in that song, Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. and like it's but it's bleeped out oh yeah yeah because he says like pho yeah, yeah he's yeah. talking about food but it sounds like pho, you know like oh yeah, okay yeah. okay we just did to be kind of like tongue-in-cheek right right just i see to be kind of playful uh-huh. but it doesn't yeah it's so like when you have guests like on your music like do you guys talk about that like what words you should say you, you should no say? i haven't really talked about it mm-hmm. like i if someone were to curse on my record hmm interesting no one has done it because I think I don't curse my music. So that signals to someone like featuring like, oh, eh, probably doesn't want to curse. Mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. problem. I think I probably would censor them mm-hmm. um, currently mm-hmm. just because I don't want to do more work. Mm, I it's see. the laziness. Mm. <laughs> <I see. laughs> yeah. yeah, no, because and that that is part of the intersection, right? Like people who are in like, in that genre of music, like mm-hmm. they're like I, I would say i don't know lyrics personally but like just listening to his music he's definitely okay with cursing in his own songs mm-hmm. right so yeah. um yeah so if if so if he did like before you guys recorded if he did ask you like hey bro like would you mind if i dropped the f-bomb like or like would you that would be respectful that? i think i take it as respect mm-hmm. you know and like consideration mm-hmm. if someone asked mm-hmm. um yeah and, i would say feel free but i'll probably censor you i see i see no okay problem yeah and so then that's kind of the um that's some of the touch points of christianity and hip-hop but in regards to like the asian culture do you feel like you have to moderate your content kind of through a filter of of your asianness at all or do you not really think about that oh interesting no i never thought to do it that way i think wait hold on mm, no that's partially not true because I did want so this I think there's just a lot of self-discovery self-acceptance I've had to go through the past like three years mm-hmm. um, since like or four years I guess at this point so I did want to put forth my Asianness, but as I did that and time went on and looked back I was like oh okay I think that was good for its time but as I get older and I learn more about myself mm-hmm. learn more about my actual history mm-hmm. um, as a, a, a Korean diaspora Mm -hmm. you know um and and asian americans history you know since the 1800s in america at large i don't know something about that learning about my history just kind of expanded how i interacted with the idea of race Mm -hmm. um because i'm realizing like okay race is a big issue but it's so woven in with classism and classism is way more insidious than Mm -hmm. racism you know they're tied you know but classism is i think what you know creates like colorism a lot of isms but you know like it's just there's something classism is what is like a huge divide for all of us you know Mm -hmm. because 
you could have everyone in the same middle class, different colors. You know, we're eating, we're drinking the same Starbucks. You know, we're shopping at the same stores. Mm-hmm. We have the same shoes. You know, right? There aren't that we're watching the same shows, consuming the same media on the same devices. Right. You know, there are a lot of commonalities there. Yeah, sure. Like I, I know race is will determine how shape a lot of us, but I think even larger than that, I've just seen like classism just be that like just seeing how the rich you know or the have and have nots interact with each other that's yeah. wild you know i have to check myself too yeah you know it's it's insidious yeah oh, okay so then are you saying then that you're more considerate considerate of like how your class influences your music um oh i mm, i don't Interesting. It's a good question. I'm <laughs> Sorry. not sure. This is all cu- off the cuff. Um, yeah, so yeah, please take take time to think. Um, I think I I am currently not f- like at this moment. Mm-hmm. I am not focused as much on like trying to get everyone to know what it means to be Korean American because I think in this point of history, we still like we need to figure out. We're trying to figure out what is what does it mean to be Korean American? Like, that's a question I asked within myself. And I don't think it's processed enough. And, you know, to like, you see, you hear bits of it. Yeah. But I just figured as I live my life, as I create the music that comes out of me, create the content, you'll see what it means to be Asian American along with me. Right. Because I don't think I totally know. People have tried to think like, oh, it's Boba. That's what ties us. And <laughs> right. I'm like, cool. I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. But we like, it's not just... A singular thing that's going to tie us together it's going to take centuries mm. it's going to be past us you yeah. know where people will start to f- the formation of their identity will feel more rock solid you right. know right. um so that's something i'm just learning in real time then let me ask you this because you grew up in maryland right correct um yeah. and when did you move to atlanta 2015 so, so it's pretty recent relatively mm-hmm. speaking so yeah. w- I always had this theory that the Korean American identity was being formed in silos. So there's like a Korean American mm-hmm. identity in LA yeah. that's probably similar, but very different from like the one that probably in Maryland and, mm-hmm. and here in Atlanta. Yeah. Would you say you've kind of observed that or is that not true, you think? Yeah, I, I think um, Korean Americans or Asian Americans in Georgia have a very particular um, experience. Uh, I've seen differences all over, you know. Mm -hmm. People in California, they know what it's like to feel like the majority. Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of cool, you know. You you see all sorts of people. You know, New York, you have a lot of business owners. You Mm -hmm. know, you have a lot of affluent Asian Americans. I mean, yeah. Um, And I see how people in New York interact with each other, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like culturally very rich there there's a lot of interaction Hmm. um la seems like it's just kind of a bunch of asians just hanging out with asians doing asian ass things oh (laughs) oops oh yeah just doing like asian no worries yeah Yeah. i mean ass is in the bottom (laughs) but like um you know like i see that and then georgia is very interesting because you're in the south Mm -hmm. south has a reputation good and bad whatever you know and um I've noticed for me I've learned the most from my black friends the black community here is rich mm-hmm. you know DC used to be chocolate city but like Atlanta is like the the capital of black excellence you know you mm-hmm. see wealthy 
black people and families and entrepreneurs and thinkers you i've learned from so many black people here and like i think being in such proximity mm-hmm. um to that community allows like korean americans or asian americans to have a um i don't know i feel like it's a much more informed um empathy mm-hmm. Uh, like when stuff with Black Lives Matter was, was happening, I think it's really cool that folks who don't actually have black friends could empathize. I think that's super great. Right. Um, for me, it wasn't just like that. It wasn't just only that. I saw my literal friends in Trayvon Martin. I saw, mm-hmm. you know, in like the, the black people who were murdered, I saw my actual friends, you know, I kind of feared. I was like, dude, like, don't, don't get killed, please. Right, like, yeah. I, that can't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, these are people I actually love. Um, and I think that, I don't know, I think I can't, I don't know how to describe it, but it just creates like a certain kind of, uh, a deepened understanding that mm-hmm. perhaps other people who are not around in close proximity to black people or certain types of people who, you know, may not be able to compl- fully understand. Yeah. I think that's very unique for Georgia, mm-hmm. you know, other Asian Americans I know in other states, they just kind of talk to other Asian American people. Mm-hmm. And in Georgia, I've seen you know, a big partnership with the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, you know, Stop Asian Hate was going on and, you know, a lot of people were having, uh, specifically like black people I saw on the internet, they were saying like, oh, Asian people are like this, da 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 da. Um, for me, I, I saw that and I'm like, well, hmm, I wonder how many people, Asian people, Asian Americans or whatever, that person actually knows. Mm. Vice versa. How many black people do these Asian Americans, Asian Americans online, you know, spewing all their ignorance? Are they in proximity to each other? Do that people they actually care about? Right. You know, so I'm kind of rambling on. uh, I, yes, I see a difference Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in different regions. Yeah. Oh, no, that's that's really, I think that's good um, insight because... Yeah, like you can't really separate the hip hop culture with the black culture, right? Because mm-hmm. they were the pioneers of the genre, mm-hmm. um, and so it's really cool that you kind of engage in that culture on like multiple different levels, not just the music aspect of it. Yeah, I grew up on. Uh, that's even that is very interesting. Like I, I grew up listening to hip hop, but it wasn't like it was given to me. Mm. My parents didn't play it. Mm-hmm. It was my refuge. Mm. It was my way of processing and understanding the world Mm -hmm. um i heard about rap music from school and then i dug into the internet Mm -hmm. to find music and i bought cds and you know it's actually crazy i like um i bought this shirt like back in high school you Uh know like tribe call quest this is like a vintage shirt it's become vintage (laughs) (laughs) from a long time ago (laughs) um but like in middle school i would just like if anyone had like a prompt it would be like what is james Hahn?" i would write like i'm hip-hop you know that's it wasn't just a cool factor for me it was like when i heard rappers like tell their story about you know police brutality abuse you know trauma Mm -hmm. you know and also wanting to find pride in themselves something about that really energized me and gave me hope that oh maybe i could i could have some sort of like respect for myself too Mm because growing up you know, as a younger kid, it's not like I loved being Asian. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't like it. I wanted to be something. I wanted to be not Asian. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to be white and black. So, um, you know, the black narrative in hip hop was um, one of the ways I could t- have a grip on the world. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me, hip hop is 
more than just a cool genre to like a little jacket to put on because I want to be, you know, I want to ride the mainstream wave. Right. You know, like I, I've, I've dug into the history. Like I, I know, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I know the, the legends, right. Like I've studied them, you know, and I've learned from them, mm-hmm. uh, from afar. Right. So, so, so then like is as an Asian, like American, when you look to like, cause I'm sure as an, as a Korean person, you look mm-hmm. to like other Korean hip hop artists to find inspiration and to, to find role models. Like, how was that like? Cause I'm just mm-hmm. thinking about kind of like the history of hip hop and how it hit the mainstream in Korea. Mm-hmm. Like I would say it probably started with like Sateji mm-hmm. um, and like, and like one of the boys of Sateji and boys started like the YG label and all that kind of stuff. Right. Like, did you, cause like the, and the messaging in that music is very different from like hip hop in America. Right. So mm-hmm. did you kind of have like an identity crisis at all in, in terms of like trying to figure out like how, where do I belong in this like place called hip hop and like how, mm-hmm. like what type of identity should I assume? Yeah. Yeah. My entire career. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's, where do I begin? Uh, I'll just, I listened to Drunken Tiger when yeah. I was younger. Mm-hmm. He was probably one of the first uh, Asian faces doing hip hop that I was exposed to. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after I saw Jin and then Lyrics and mm-hmm. Manifest. Mm-hmm. Lyrics and Manifest, their song, um, The Gift, was actually the reason why I started to like pick up a pen and like start writing my own stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, or like, And record myself. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Like prior to that, I was kind of writing poems and things. But mm-hmm. when I saw them do it, I was like, wait, that means... I'm allowed to rap too. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I can actually sound good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I can try. Cause if he could do it, that means I could do it too. Right. And did you like, they, there were, weren't they in Maryland? Yeah, they were. And they happened to be in Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really close to Maryland where I grew up. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that was even perfect. I got to meet my idols, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. it's, and they became friends and I'm just so grateful for them, you know, mm. that, and they're even for them. And, you know, there are other Asian Americans like Jin, the MC or, yeah. or chops from the mountain brothers. They've gone before us to like pave the way mm-hmm. for Asian Americans to create the art of hip hop. Yeah. And even for them, like figuring out their identity is continue, you know, that's, that's what they're, continuously working on yeah you know because well yeah like so many so many like the legendary djs are filipino you know oh i did not know that yeah so like asian americans are ingrained in Mm -hmm. the history of hip-hop too it's just not necessarily always talked about Mm -hmm. b-boy culture like got elevated because of koreans Mm -hmm. you know uh, you have a lot of Latinos and like Hispanic people at the core of who, you know, Afro Latinos right. were part of hip hop. So right. the statement, yes, it's, it's mostly true. Like hip hop was born out of, it is part of black culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's only black people, mm. um, from my studies and what literal people from the actual boroughs of New York yeah. are telling me, you know, right. they grew up like big pun. You know, they grew up um, with a bunch of, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, mm. I, I was. I see, I see. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's good to know. But as a, because it, it's interesting, the people that you mentioned, like Jin with like, and like lyrics and like manifest. Um, if I think about kind of 
their music and what I was exposed to, like not a single one of them kind of stayed in a single lane. Like you see an evolution of like who they are as a person yeah. and like kind of like their journey and finding their identity as a Asian American artist. Yeah. By the way, I feel like Jin doesn't get enough credit. Like he was like, I think he was one of the first Asian, if not the first Asian American like rapper who got signed to a big label. Uh, Mountain Brothers were the first. Were they the first? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. They were in the, uh, before Jin. Okay. Like a little bit before. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. But then Jin was the most popular because mm. of BET and right. got the most like TV coverage. Right. For sure. Yeah. And then do you feel like he, like, because, I mean, I didn't, I think I listened to a few of his songs in the first album and sales wise, his first album didn't do stellar yeah i think so so do you would would you say that jin still kind of broke ceilings for people like you to come like after him or uh oh yeah i think so um yes and no Mm -hmm. i think the way i feel like jin and he's kind of mentioned it in interviews he Mm -hmm. was like kind of tokenized a little bit Mm -hmm. people didn't know how to utilize the fullness of his personhood Mm in creating you know like they just felt like they had to oh the thing that people will find unique and relate to is that he's chinese right you know and and go with that but it's like dude he was a dope rapper right like let that be it Mm -hmm. you know why isn't that enough but it was a different time then and that was kind of a unfortunate thing but that helped Jin a lot you know like people still remember that like 106 and park Jin. yeah it's legendary yeah yeah um yeah, so I mean, then let me ask you the question: as as you navigate these three cultures, um, what have you found the most difficult? Like to, well, in in terms of like who you are as a person, like yeah. let's 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 talk about this first. Then, like, like have you felt like you had to compromise who you were as a person to fit a certain mold or to intertwine certain cultures together? Um, man, it's. It's complex because I, like, currently, I realized, up to this point, I've realized no one is going to do things for you. No one's Mm going to put you on like that. I shouldn't be expecting that. I, um, I wanted to be signed, and I don't, I don't think I realized what that meant. You know, now as an independent artist, I'm glad I'd never signed, nor do I even think I had the, I don't know, the marketable face hmm. that corporate America or or the hubris of society could really accept, hmm. you know. And people think that statement is crazy because they look to BTS, they look to other big Asian faces, and things are changing, mm-hmm. actually quite fast, but... The thing about it is, like, I've realized, like, it doesn't matter. Actually, I realize, like, it doesn't ma- matter what my face is. It's like the real one of the things I realized is I was just kind of lazy and I didn't have money. Like, mm-hmm. those are the big reasons. Like, people are like, oh, you should blow up. And in my mind, when I, I thank them, but really, I'm thinking, well, if if I wanted to really blow up, I would need, like, I'll need to put $50,000 behind my Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. Dang. Then yeah, I would right. blow it up. Yeah, right. because the music is good. Right. And I have a decent enough image. Mm-hmm. It's possible. But I don't have that money, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, that's why it's the money and then it's laziness, you know. Like I could put out, a, you know, uh, get a business loan mm-hmm. 
for 50,000 if I wanted to, mm-hmm. if I really, really, really believed in it. So does that, does that mean I don't really believe in it? Yeah, that could, you could argue that. Hmm. But for the most part, it's just like, I don't think I could justify that. Uh, yeah, talking to my wife too, you yeah. know, be like, hey, let's pull out 50,000 for Facebook ads. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing though. Right. <laughs> let's do it. Right. Like, no, yeah. that's not gonna happen. Yeah. So uh, yeah. is that kind of the biggest, you think, hurdle in in kind of yeah i think like just it, the money part of it mm-hmm. and like finding um yeah for me because i think i've been able to create my own sound yeah forge my own identity i'm building i'm almost kind of like re uh fortifying my brand mm-hmm. right now currently um i have a lot of parts you know i just i think i need i'm currently just wanting to get my business acumen up and mm-hmm. understanding of the industry mm-hmm. um and yeah because if i want a label to fund stuff like i have to probably fit a certain way of doing stuff and i've just realized over the years like i have to just have water in my cup you know Mm -hmm. i just have to be someone who does my own thing Hmm. and 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 people come to drink the water i supply that's kind of how I'm seeing it. I'm not trying to change. I, I used to just be like, here's my cup. Like, please, like, can I have some food and water? Like, please help me. And I was just like, ah, oh, man, that's, I just need a, like, that's, that's why I love what I'm doing right now. Having a job. Mm-hmm. I can fund my own projects because I believe in me mm-hmm. and, and, and push it out. You know, if I wait for someone to like co-sign me or to shout me out, you know, whatever i've played that game and i realized like one you're never like i guess it's in any business but if i don't have uh, um, perceivable value Mm -hmm. for somebody Mm -hmm. a lot of times people will just not talk to you not even give you the decency to return your texts or whatever yeah and i mean i'm not perfect at it either but i've tried to do less dehumanizing things like that yeah and try to just pe- treat people with respect. Yeah. And that kind of effort and that way of living has been very great because I've been humiliated and, and disappointed a lot by people who I thought I was just being genuine with and I thought they'd be genuine back because I'm a decent artist. Mm-hmm. But I realized like, yeah, I didn't have enough clout, whatever. I didn't have the perceived value that they had because mm-hmm. people are just focused on making sure they're good. And I understand I'm like that too. Mm-hmm. So I just had to like really like it's hard, but stop taking things personally. Yeah. That was really hard for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm just starting to, you know, put more like boundaries and, and respecting myself, mm-hmm. you know, more at the forefront of things. Yeah. You know, because before I'd be like, I'll do anything because I need people to love me because I need money to fund my projects. But now I'm funding my own projects. So yeah. I don't need you to like me, actually. <laughs> I, I don't like how you do mistreat me, you know? Right. So, like, forget that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need you in my life. You and know? you don't have to compromise, like, the content. Exactly. Yeah. Know? And I don't have to pander to all these artists in the Christian world, in mm. the Asian world, in the, you know, whatever world. Like, right. I, I don't feel like I have to pander anymore. Um, and you know, like I'm not perfect at it, Mm. but I feel really good that I don't have to pander to people. I can just fund my own things. Mm. I'm fine having my, you know, my audience Mm -hmm. and I'm going to keep bringing people to us who will appreciate our message. Um, yeah. 
That's that's awesome. I, I think the fact that you've put the message at kind of the forefront, like that, that's like what your goal is. Mm-hmm. It, it means that, yeah, you're right. You don't like, because I can imagine if you really wanted to get signed with like, like with like Lecrae, like what, what his label or whatever yeah, yeah, like yeah. label he's part of, you can go really hard on like the Christian part of it, right? That was, or, that was James in 2017, <laughs> oh, yeah. 18. Mm. Yeah. Wanting to be signed to their label. Mm. I'm not saying it was all that, mm. but I was definitely like had my eye, you know, for that. And it informed some of my decisions. Mm. Yeah. But I don't like being in that Christian industry. Right. There, Cause, Oh, here's another thing. Like, um, like my style in which the way I approach hip hop or music, mm-hmm. it's just more musical in general. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't like how a lot of rappers, especially in the Christian world or just, I just realized a lot of people are like this. They just kind of look to what's popular and then make a bastardized version of that. Uh, but they're not as good because the person who made this sound popular, popular, mm-hmm. they were like in the purest form, you know, like really good at it because that's who they are. Mm-hmm. They didn't think, they didn't necessarily think like, oh, I'm going to sound like this person. They're just mm-hmm. like, this is who I am. I must get it out to the world, you know? Yeah, and then yeah. they make it and people are like, wow, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to copy you, you know, yeah. like. Dude, there's so many Christian artists I know who are just like a broke version. They're not even as good. Mm. They're literally just a like, like saying bastardized is is, is generous. Right. Like it right. is t- so bootleg. Wow. It's not good. Mm-hmm. But that goes into like understanding human behavior, like and the utility of music. Yeah. Some people don't care. And that's totally fine. I th- I was imposing my I, in some ways I don't want to impose my view high view of art and mm. originality to people. I don't want to do that because mm. some people they don't really care if this Christian artist sounds like Future or Drake. Mm. They only care to have rhythmic music for their church service and and no cursing. Mm. I don't care if his lines are corny. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. It mm. serves his purpose. You want to create a fun environment for your people. Yeah. That's fine. That's honestly chill. You know, I don't care to do that, actually. Yeah. I view it more from a, I think I am an actual, like, I feel like I'm more of an art artist, I guess. Mm -hmm. I have something I want to say. Mm -hmm. There's something I want to comment on Mm -hmm. in society. And, and that's, it just happens to be kind of poppy, Mm -hmm. have a poppy sound. No, you can. It's definitely conveyed in your in your music that you do have a lot you want to say. That's actually yeah. one of the reasons I reached out to you because I can tell you are a person who like wants to get whether it's through music. And I was hoping, and I'm being proven right that you do convey those things to your words as well in yeah. interview form. So yeah, you know, it's definitely you, you. We can see it that in your music you are that level of of, of a person and. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really good advice for people, aspiring artists, too. Um, I think if you're only chasing being signed or only chasing like money, monetary value, then you I don't know if those people are fully aware of the risks and the risks to their message or artistic style. Um, Yeah, and it's the goal. Honestly, if you're just because you can make a business around I will say mediocre, but Mm -hmm. maybe not as uh, original music. Mm -hmm. You can make a whole business around that, dude. Mm -hmm. So if your goal is just to have like a, just live off of making music, Mm -hmm. 
you know, like some people have been able to just, you know, sell their art and make a living off of it. But there are some people who just, you know, want to be able to express, you know, and they don't care that they sound similar or they may not even know that their taste is so limited. They don't mm. even realize that they just sound like everyone else, mm. you know, and they're, you know, listen to, I mean, you know, I don't know Lecrae like that, but listen to, you know, stuff look at the biggest artists a lot of them the only people i think in lecrae's like label really making like creative stuff is like andy minio mm. you know like he's actually like wanting to push himself yeah i respect that mm. um but yeah man like just oh, oh what i was saying for uh younger aspiring artists mm -hmm. like the the thing that i when you follow that model of wanting to be signed um I think in the long run, it's going to hurt you it, from my, what I see, mm -hmm. because I've been I've been low key doing music, I guess, for since 2010. And I still, you know, even though so many trends have gone, you know, passed me by, I'm still able to, like, make relevant music and and, and create tasteful stuff mm -hmm. because I've worked on my taste, wanting to develop my own taste. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually starting to shine now. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll continue to shine. 20 30 years from now because i'm not going to stop the way i'm thinking yeah like um for me when i see a new style of music dance whatever my immediate gut reaction is not to look down upon it that's when you when you find yourself thinking like that that's when you know you've become old <laughs> yeah for unfortunately right, right you know like if that's or or if you want to stay there actually right. it could be your gut reaction because mm -hmm. sometimes i'm like oh that's dumb <laughs> But I don't stay there. I'm like, okay, I think that's dumb, but, and I am older. Mm -hmm. But let me see the 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 good in it. Let mm -hmm. me see like what there's clearly a reason, mm -hmm. you know. It might, even if it is fabricated, and you know, some label or company has has pushed millions into this thing happening. Mm -hmm. There's something about it that is inherently good, or mm -hmm. something about it is good. So I always try to look for that, and and then try to like. I guess understand it mm -hmm. and that i think has allowed me to keep creating stuff that is even relevant to younger people because the stuff i'm making now like yeah i'm not trying to be trendy mm -hmm. but i'm aware of trends and right. i might use a you know like some sort of like rhythm pattern or i might use a certain word mm -hmm. you know that i've come to understand i'm not just going to like pull in everything but right. i've just i'm continuing to progress and grow mm -hmm. and and if you're not working on your sound and the product if like you're gonna burn out there's not gonna be much left for you to do in the music department mm -hmm. now if this is why I said you can get away with mediocre music you know because if you're a pretty good business mind you could probably stretch this music career that you create you know you could probably become something else you could probably become a I don't know a podcaster mm -hmm. maybe you could become like a speaker mm -hmm. you know off of that marketing machine that is your artistry you know so there are different ways you could do it mm -hmm. but for me i've been able to just do music and i'm trying to grow but i know that the music the product of music that i make won't change because i've worked on making it the tastiest i can yeah you know i really relate to like chefs in one sense because they mm. obsess over their product obsess over editing and like and and doing different variations and trying to get to just you know the purest like best dish mm -hmm period so um yeah that's that's my long-winded thing because like i think younger artists it's so hard to like want to be original if you're online all the time mm. if you're constantly staring at and, and comparing yourself to other people's sounds 
it's really, really hard to be original, I think. You yeah. know, you have to like kind of shut that off a little bit and just start forming, you know, and you have to do that over and over and over throughout the years to really create your sound. That's, I mean, yeah, there aren't too many people that sound like me and my, you know, and same, same with like Sam Ock. We've been, we've had that same ideal for years and mm. it's not like a flex, but I'm going to flex. Like nobody sounds like me for a reason. Yeah. Like, cause I've put 10 years into quietly in my, in my own bathroom, you know, just like obsessing over the idea, you right. know, like, and, and you can't, you can't fake it. You know, like it's undeniable. Yeah. I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but it's just you cannot deny that I have, you know, I have a unique flavor to me. Yeah. And and it's not just because like I thought of a clever marketing ploy. That's not really it either. It's just I I focused on what I love. Oh, I love this part. You know, I really I'm inspired by disco. I grew up listening to disco. Mm. You know, I'm in. I just love rhythmic things. I like dancing. You know, and it's so all these things just like kind of mix into the dish you know that is my my music and yeah. you know i've been able to curate something over the years and now i'm fast at doing what i do you know mm. and in a few years i'm probably gonna have to reinvent myself again and mm. keep you know keep getting better mm. and keep doing what i do even even more efficiently mm. oh that's awesome because yeah. if you were to let's say like in when you were talking about like in 2017 you were like hoping to get signed to like a christian label yeah if that happens then the development of your sound to what it is now might not have happened. Right? Nah, dude, I would have sounded like some sort of like CCM. Like, <laughs> I would have oh, actually. I shouldn't name names. That's mean. Yeah. <laughs> Just sound corny. Uh -huh. Like I know I probably would have sounded corny, and I would hate my records. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's really refreshing to hear that. And I, I like how you give practical advice. Like you know, if you're okay with just making money, then. Yeah, it's okay to do certain things, but yeah. for an artist, like the the lane you've chosen seems like a really good mix um, of you know, like you have your day job and it can mm -hmm. not only support your lifestyle but also fund what you're doing in your music yes. as well. Yes, and I don't have to pander to anybody. Mm -hmm. I love that, mm -hmm. like having to pander to the Christian hip hop market. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's awful. Nobody respects me. Mm -hmm. Nobody shows me dignity. Mm -hmm. Or not nobody, but like a lot of times, like. You know, I went to, I was at this one like showcase where there's a bunch of like, you know, Christian hip hop artists and they all are my peers, I guess, or know who I am. Mm -hmm. And when it was time for my set, I thought, or I didn't really see, but you know, a few of my friends were like, yo, nope, none of your friends, your hip hop friends, like even looked at your set. They've never seen me perform, oh, you know? Wow. And that's fine. You don't have to, I'm not expecting that there be my, they be my fans, but mm -hmm. I don't know something about that one particular um, interaction mm -hmm. paired with so many other interactions where I had the I guess I wanted people to like me mindset mm -hmm. I realized oh well first of all I think my uh, my my mindset was incorrect to begin yeah. with like I shouldn't have expected people to like me mm. you know or wanted to be part of the crew you know right. but that's that's what a lost person is gonna want find belonging somewhere right you know and I was afraid to find belonging like I guess musical branding belonging or whatever you know like i i feel very confident in being like a a son of god mm -hmm. you know like and and i think even that identity i was afraid to like kind of like sit you know and find home within this yeah um i wanted to find it elsewhere because i was afraid to deal with everything here mm. so um yeah when i look back to when i was younger 
I was making, I was still making stuff that resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just know my, my insidious mindset. I wanted to be signed. I wanted to be the biggest, I wanted to be the, you know, bigger than Lecrae, but the <laughs> Korean version. Right. And, you know, go to like the Dove Awards and like win a Grammy and all these things, which, you know, you can pay for, first mm-hmm. of all. So like, it's not even like, <laughs> yeah, dude, mm-hmm. it's all a freaking like, smoke and mirrors mm-hmm. it's just a, it's kind of like corporate america where you can just kind of like it's a lot of fluff right right you know and i i'm the person that really really and in churches i hate the fluff mm. like anybody who's like trying to fluff it up too much bro mm. i just lose respect i mean i did that too but i try not to be as fluffy anymore mm. Only when I have to, and I'm I'm like dancing for other people who want me to fluff, you know. So uh, explain what what you mean by fluff. Uh, I noticed in corporate America or like shoots with like larger companies, you do all this dancing to do this one small menial thing that you wasted thousand of dollars to do one task. Mm. Like for me, I feel like there's just a lot of inefficiencies. Mm, I um, see. You know, things that could take just one week will take three weeks mm-hmm. to seem more productive. It's a big dance big monkey dance for you know for the paycheck and it's fine like i dance too at my job like Mm -hmm. you know at my jobs i will continue to dance i just if i i think if i didn't have music i'd be really really miserable at work Mm, you know but i have a way to like release that tension i think you know and yeah a lot of dancing at core like in churches too like corporate churchianity like there's so much, bro. Like, especially in the South, so mm. many big churches here that just want you to like, just want to use your image and likeness. Mm. And that's what I've experienced. Mm. I feel like people, if I wasn't the face and the, you know, like presentable person I was, would people really, you know, want to mess with me like that? Mm. I don't know. I think about that because I'm a nice face to add to your your bulletin board to make you look, you know? Mm diverse you right. know like these places that hire me you know do they really care about the person mm. they don't have time to unfortunately so even if they did you know i'm just a face that walks by performs yeah. jumps up and down and then leaves and i'm yeah. like yeah that's uh, okay yeah. yeah gosh you know and that's one of the things i personally struggle with a lot is um i kind of going back to like um your peers kind of only looking for value like what value can you provide Mm -hmm. like that's the way that i believe the world views everything so it's hard to like yeah like navigate like so like even with me like reaching out to you like honestly like it's not like my podcast is of any value to you you know what (laughs) i mean like you like your audience is way bigger um i mean i guess you get to sit down and talk for for an hour and a half or something or whatever yeah. and it might be fun but like in terms of like actual value i feel like there's very little um so like that limits me in the sense that i only target people who i feel like either um, i have enough personal collateral with mm-hmm. to like kind of cash in and say like sure. hey like i know i can't provide value but like you want to yeah. be on a podcast yeah or yeah, like yeah, yeah. if someone like i can actually provide like benefit for it, then like i'll reach out but yeah. like it's such a difficult way to live um especially outside of corporate america like i deal mm-hmm. with it at work enough and to like bring that into my personal life like yeah. it's so it's so hard so like all i that, know it's frustrating dude yeah and all that yeah. to say though i think it's just um like i'm i'm hoping that conversations like this can kind of get us out of that mindset you know like 
And especially, I mean, I think in all aspects of life, but especially in your personal life, if you're calculating like value propositions with like relationships and things like that, that's like that's whack. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's too much. It's way too much. That's so exhausting. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. So, like, if yeah. let me ask you a question. If sure. if Lecrae called you up right now and said, "Hey, I really like your music. Yeah, I want you to uh, like come talk with us at a label. Let's see what." we can you know make happen like mm -hmm. how would you feel about that uh i would see what kind of resources i can exploit <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah for my benefit mm -hmm. period yeah um because i i think they have good business mm -hmm. you know that could really help like my my music get mm -hmm. out there mm -hmm. um so it wouldn't be an automatic yes uh to work on it in a business yeah, uh, it would be yes to work in a business, mm -hmm. some sort of figure out what kind of business capacity, mm -hmm. but kind of like what I was saying earlier um, about like the holding the water. Like I, I see the value I have. Actually, I have a lot of value being an Asian American face who who thinks about how the world works yeah. and my place in it. Yeah. Like what you have to say, we're, what we have to say is very valuable. You know, and when we go to a company that's like, oh, we'll just buy, you know, we'll buy you lunch so you could like make us look good. Mm. You know, I'm, it's like, dude, no, yeah. you have to pay me. Like, yeah. I'm not going to let you use my likeness just that easy. Right. You know, I know it's flattering that someone believes in me, but it's like, I like, I, I believe like the validation that I want to find in like corporate America or big companies who are like, James, you're worth, you know, coming to our platform. Like that's not enough for me anymore. Cause I guess unless I believe that company yeah. cares more than their more cares for more than just their bottom line. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just save your ass from right. being canceled. Right. Right. Yeah. That's like, I don't want to be part of that. That's a very mature and seasoned thought process. I think. Yeah. 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 So that so when, you know, if if you know some label were to be like, "Hey, like you're so dope, like BTS, oh my god." <laughs> Yo, if they give me that, like I I'll just be like, "Oh, okay, cool. Give me your um I'll play nice, play and then we'll we'll let the lawyers and the attorneys talk about it. Mm. Look at the contract and I'm not I don't care to pander to you anymore." Yeah. Cuz when I did want to pander to you, it it didn't really, you know, Things didn't pan out, and that's cool. It was supposed to happen that way, but now I see my value, yeah. and yeah, it's just. And I maybe it's because I'm getting older. Like, I I'm a very friendly person, but I'm actually I've become more okay setting boundaries. Mm. And if someone wants to like, I don't know, think they're closer to me than not, I'm more okay just being like, no, right respect my space yeah you know before i wanted everyone to like me you know because my career was on the line mm. oh that's another thing that's really great about having a day job my music career now i don't have to be scared that like oh you know if i say the wrong thing or if i don't say the right thing my music numbers are going to go down mm. oh i don't feel i don't fear that anymore yeah. i'm like oh i'm not going to say anything like like how crazy could i really get but i'm just <laughs> saying like I'm not afraid, like, you know, if, if I was part of a label uh -huh. and all I did was music and I cursed, oh my God, that would be the end of my life, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't even think that. Right. Now I can. I'm not saying that's the whole reason why I want to have a job to curse on No, right, right, right. But you totally get it. Like, I don't, everything isn't in this basket yeah. and I feel actually more creatively free. Yeah. 
and and um and i feel like the passion can be pure mm. again and i'm having fun making music again yeah you know so that's that's another reason you know so if a label approaches me i'd be like that's that's cool you know right but we'll it's not if like, the deal is good yeah and i think um people who aren't married or who don't have a family don't know this but the fact that um you like whatever happens with your music or like for me for my podcast whatever happens with this is not going to impact the livelihood that I can provide for my family. Yeah, we can eat. We're good. Yeah, like, there's there's no reason that's all to I care like, for. yeah worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I, we need to eat. Yeah, and music was unfortunately unable to do that only, mm -hmm. and that's fine. I had to. It took me a few years to like really grieve that. Yeah, because I wanted music to feed us, mm -hmm. but I realized it couldn't feed us in the capacity we needed. Right. It still feeds us a little right. bit. It's it feeds us like the the space like the nice meals. I guess mm -hmm. that's what it is. No, and I think that's 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 the whole part of like this whole story, this narrative that we're sold a lot of times is mm -hmm. you got to be okay to like starve yourself, to neglect your mental health, to like, do all these like make all these kind of unreasonable sacrifices mm -hmm. to make it big or to do something that you like. But like I think we're seeing with people like you like hey, there's a really like fair middle ground where there's a lot of benefits. Like oh sure, I'm like like. I'm not getting signed to a label, but you're still making music that you like. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you can respect yourself for the music that you make. Yeah. And you're you're providing for your family. And like, what else? Like, you know, what else can you ask Dude, for? Dude, I love my life. Yeah. Like, it's great. I don't have to, like, I didn't think I realized how much pandering to people, like, mm -hmm. and pandering to the haves, you know, mm -hmm. those who have to, like, put me on. It's mm -hmm. so exhausting. Yeah. So you're... Uh, just to shout out your new song that's about to come out uh, September 30th, right? Yes. But you can hear it early by texting STA2. Do you know the number off the top? Yes. Of uh, it's like 1-888-981-7119. Okay. Yeah. That's it, my like text number. Okay. Yeah. So people can like I fans text me all the time. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. So then, yeah, I'll, I'll put that number up on the um the episode description if you yeah guys please do that. it's like it's a you know it's like an app you know mm -hmm. on my phone and i i you know interact with people that way instead of just oh, being cool. on you know uh instagram only because mm -hmm. i don't like being on instagram mm -hmm. like it's so draining for me yeah yeah i'm you know? sure yeah. yeah so um sorry time check it's like 3 30 now are you okay, okay for a few more minutes yeah or? i'm good okay. i have yeah i have plenty of time okay okay yeah so um because i I did want to ask you about like your relationship with Sam because mm -hmm. you guys did kind of I guess the song that you guys first did never change was together yeah. yes and then you guys did like amp together and all yeah. that how has it been kind of doing your own things kind of in different lanes it's uh well it was more I think growing pain for me because mm. when I started out I, ha I had no knowledge about recording anything I'm not the most technical person mm -hmm. Um, and then AMP happened. I think I just had raw talent mm -hmm. and passion. And that was being shaped by a more mature guy in Chung and a, and a very technically savvy guy and, and like visionary in Sam. Mm -hmm. So for us to be paired together, like worked really well, mm -hmm. you know. But while being in a group, I mean, you can only guess like if everyone is proficient in doing stuff and I don't need to worry about recording myself, you know, right. as much. I don't have to worry about that. I mean, that's kind of my role was to do like video stuff you mm -hmm. know and media so that's kind of how i was able to develop my own skills in that way you know with photoshop and yeah. like video production um so like when amp stopped 
I was like, oh shoot, I got to worry about the business side. Mm-hmm. Like I know nothing. Mm-hmm. I've been in this music thing for what? Six years at that point, and I knew nothing. Mm. I just knew how to rap mm-hmm. and, and write my own songs. And I mean, it wasn't totally nothing because I knew how to make a good product, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> um, no, I didn't know how to make a good product. So yeah. I, I think it was, it's been um, the process has been me just figuring out the business side of things, figuring out the market, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things has been, it's been hard mm-hmm. you know but still well, learning like just through social media and what i've seen it's clear that you guys are still like really good friends um, oh yeah that's so, my guy yeah. so is it like weird that you're not doing music together anymore or like was that something that you guys had to be like well like what was the decision point i guess of deciding to to do your own things um well so sam was always doing his solo thing mm-hmm. even while amp was happening okay so he kind of balanced that and i saw that and i was like oh i guess Maybe I, I, I have things that are outside of AMP that I want to explore. Mm-hmm. Those are the early workings of, you know, what you see now. Mm-hmm. You know, the thoughts that I had back, like now, I, I they were bubbling back then. And I, I didn't know how to get it out because I was like, that's not Christian. That's not going to get assigned to a CCM label. You know, like it wasn't right. in line with those boundaries, yeah. parameters. Um, so I think once AMP stopped, we both just kind of knew, hey, it's time for us to make our own stuff. Sam had been and already had a burgeoning, you know, solo career mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. that point, especially in Korea. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, you know, I have a lot I could learn from Sam mm-hmm. and I'm going to do my own stuff as well. And I mean, we work together all the time. Like mm-hmm. he mixes my stuff to mm-hmm. this day, you know, mm-hmm. um, he's still he's just. He's like part of my family now, yeah. you know, so I just and he's a trusted friend. Mm. So if I have a thing that I'm concerned about or I'll be like, hey, listen to this. What do you think? I trust his opinion. Mm. You know, I'm very fortunate to have somebody like that who isn't just. Yeah, he like thinks very differently, yeah. you know, so. So I, good. I guess on the kind of starting from the, like even before this podcast, the big question I had was how do you juggle the three cultures? And yes from just everything i've heard so far it just it sounds like the answer is by being uncompromising mm-hmm. like just kind of finding your own path when the traditional path that you think you need to go to like make music doesn't work out like you make your own path like that's yeah. evident in like your um like the fact that you have a day job and the fa- fact that you finance your own stuff right yeah and so i i think yeah that's the answer for a lot of people who might be struggling between like different cultures it's mm. it's that having that fortitude um being uncompromising and, and saying like like this is what's genuine to me this is what what's mm-hmm. authentic to me um like that's what i'm going to pursue did i did, would you say that i captured that correctly or is yeah that- i think so um what do you think is a, a tension that is experienced by other people when balancing different um I guess worlds so i think with um like one thing that i go through is christianity and like corporate america Mm. right so like i'm a consultant so like the there are industries that i help that the morals are the last thing that they consider oh you know what i mean like i i had a client who um like we looked at how much they were paying their factory workers in mexico and it was like how do you how does anyone survive off of this like oh, so like i i see that part of it and it's um Damn. 
Yeah, I mean, for I probably compromise more than I should, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, but yeah, I think if, if in order to get to a place where I'm comfortable with the mm -hmm. intersection of those two cultures, yeah. the answer for me too would be to be uncompromising. To mm -hmm. to because I mean I can do consulting um, where I don't like endorse slave wages for people yeah you know yeah, what i mean yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so wow. th there are things like that like uh, before i was a consultant i worked at ups and like uh, one of those kind of i can't compromise these moments was when i realized my main job function was firing other people oh <laughs> like it was it was basically i was getting the data and um, giving the executives reasons as to why someone should get fired, like why this truck driver should get fired mm -hmm. and whatnot. And that, like, I, that was one of the reasons I left that company. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> hey, that's cool, though. Yeah. That's, uh, wow. That's, like, really helpful. No, I, I think it's, um, it's something that if I had known from the start, it would have helped my path. Meaning mm -hmm. like, um, like, cause it, honestly, when I first graduated college, I just took the job that would pay me the most. Like I didn't consider anything else. Not, nothing against it's that. It's worthy. Yeah, nothing <laughs> worthy against to that. Consider. Yeah. But if it's gonna affect you mentally and like, yeah. it's gonna like spiritually like mess with you, then yeah. I would definitely think and consider those things before you commit to like selling your soul pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. That's... <laughs> Wow, that's really good. Yeah, I um, I guess I only think about in the arts mm -hmm. sector of how you can intersect with all those things. Um, but I think yeah, you nailed it. Like being authentic, mm -hmm. um, not compromising. Like those are things that help. I feel like that though could be confusing for someone like if they want to like uncompromising for a Christian. Mm -hmm. I feel like is. Um, is very uh what's the word it's very obtuse in america like if you're uncompromising you're very tone deaf and mm. you're very obtuse yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, like stereotypically yeah i know i i could imagine and i can kind of critically think what that would look like in my life mm -hmm. but when i was a younger more pious christian i would have thought oh uncompromising okay someone is not living up to my standard not even god's standard right if someone's not living up to my standard I must reprimand them. I must right. be uncompromised. How dare you live in that way? Right. How dare you kill a baby? You know, how dare... <laughs> that, might, that might trigger somebody. Yeah, like, right, right. You know, I hope you get more views because of that. You could, <laughs> you could slay me. It's fine. You know, no. um, you know it's just like... Yeah. You know, like people... <laughs> I just... It's so interesting. Yeah. But overall, I think... I like what you said. No, no, but I totally agree with that. Like, And a lot of that, I think, is because of this westernized christianity that people like seem to cling to for whatever reason yeah um and like if you look at and i mean i could i can imagine a younger version of myself doing mm -hmm. exactly that yeah but as a more like i guess i don't know if this is the right term but like as a more seasoned christian mm -hmm. who's more familiar with the bible yeah like you know that even like paul talked about how like food sacrificed to idols if you eating that bothers other people don't do it but yeah. if like that's if you're okay with it in your own conscience then go go ahead do it there's nothing wrong yeah. with that so like yeah, yeah, yeah. people I, I don't think like a lot of christians 
early on recognize the subtleties of that of like how you can modify your behavior as long as it doesn't affect your faith to kind of carry out help along the like babies in the faith. Sure. you know what yeah. i mean and mm -hmm. so like when people confuse that we get these obtuse like like the westboro church type christians who have like oh, really yeah. wild things to say you know uh, so um yeah, yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right that that's a good that's a good point I think something that's helped me personally, um, I guess, live in different uh, uh, intersection. Oh, is that the right word? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Intersection. Uh, yeah, I think like I've uh, I've sought to uh, see dignity in in people who are different than me mm. or anybody other than me. Yeah. Um, I try. I'm not very good at it, but you know, if someone when when talking about like the LGBT community, when talking about you know, I'm talking. I'm referencing just the Christian community. You right. know, how uncompromising might mean you know you have to be these type of things. But I'm like, before you go ahead and like tell you people you're against, you know, I think listening and trying to understand people, you know, and like seeing and respecting their view. You know, yeah. I think that was my problem when I was younger in college. Like, I met people who were different than me, and I wouldn't respect, think that what they had to say had. I would think that it had no value. Mm -hmm. You know, but I'm trying to see it as like, okay, I think what you ha have to say actually has value. And let me try to find for myself why there's value there. And that requires a lot of like meta thinking and going outside of yourself, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I don't believe that like if I don't defend the faith, God will collapse. Like I don't right. believe that, you know. I could have the weakest, like I believe God, you know, to be a certain way. And mm -hmm. if I fall short, that's chill. He was going to do his thing without me, yeah. you know, yeah. whether I performed or not. Yeah. Uh, so that's been really cool for me, just trying to listen yeah. and, 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 and find dignity in, in what people have to say. Yeah. And I think people forget that the two top commandments Jesus gave was love your God, you know, with all your heart, mind, soul, all that. And then he, right after he said, love your neighbor, and Precisely. with, the, and with the, yeah. the parable of the Good Samaritan, it was obvious that you're supposed to love people who you like culturally are supposed to hate. You know what right. I mean? So, like, I, and I don't know how that got lost in the message. Like, how, like why people aren't putting that at the forefront of how they're supposed to behave. But yeah. it, as long as we have that lens, like we wouldn't have the issue that you're talking about, you know? Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's so much to be said. Yeah, about even that <laughs> and like cultural Christianity and yeah, yeah. So much. Yeah. So much. You know, um, if you don't mind, that be that could be like a whole podcast episode onto itself, like yeah, in, the, in the future probably. sometime. If you want, if you if you get time, I would yeah, love to uh, talk to you again. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. There's a lot to be said. Yeah, I would, I would gladly do it. I yeah. realize I have a lot more to say than yeah. I thought. <laughs> perfect perfect yeah. so um yeah i don't want to take up too much of your time it's, we're already at like over past an hour for sure um nice. so uh, once again guys uh make sure to check out uh james's music uzu han is um the the name i really like how you came up with that name yeah and you tell that story on the when i grow up podcast so go back and, and listen to uh james's episode on that podcast as well um that again shout outs to the space crew um we got to use this really cool room um i've never felt this professional doing this podcast oh, really? <laughs> yeah um and um it's yeah it's really nice if you especially if you don't have the equipment to do like this level of podcast that's true yeah this is i think really it's nice yeah you get it's to nice rent stuff. the room get to rent the equipment mm -hmm. use all the equipment here except for the cameras are 
or by the uh, space crew. So yeah, um, it, it's, it'd be nice to use. So um, it, before we we uh, close the podcast, any last thoughts? Any anything you wanted to say? Um, I know a lot of my listeners are actually like men. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, men, it's okay to cry. Mm. It's okay to express yourself. It's okay to feel. Mm. And, and it doesn't make you less of a man. That's totally all I have to okay. say. Yeah. yeah. If, if you need to seek counseling, that's totally okay too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Dude, yo, that's great. I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for counseling. Dope. It like, changed Dope. my life. So, yeah. 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 Man, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, once again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And uh, Thanks, man. thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time.